You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. Sitting next to me is Jeff. Hey, Neil. And uh, Ken isn't here. He's uh, polishing the bean in Millennium Park. Yeah, that sounds dirty. The bean <laughs> or the jokes, either way. Yes, how's it going, Matt? Hey, it's great. I asked you not to do that opening, so thanks for doing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's Neil, uh, or I'm Neil, I should say. That's that is Neil, but it is also me. Um, and uh, welcome to the show. Um, Neil, we... Neil's having an existential <laughs> crisis over there. <laughs> I am me. Me is him. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird day. I um, is we. I, I ate half a hot dog and half a grilled cheese and couldn't be decisive enough to have one or the other. So it's just a weird day. Uh, but, uh, on the same sandwich? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I put it on the same sandwich like a Big Mac. Oh, that sounds like you're taking the side that a hot dog is a sandwich, Matt, and we're not delving into that territory today. Yes, that, that's just that's for an entire bonus episode. Um, we'll leave that in 2017 where it belongs. There you go. Uh, well, yeah, so today's uh, a, a great day. We're really excited. We have some really cool guests uh, that we'll get to. Uh, as I said, Ken is polishing the bean in Millennium Park, so he will not be here, but uh, Matt is here, and uh, I think it's going to be uh, a fun day. And before we get started, Matt, uh, you've actually, I know we talk about you working at a coffee company, um, but you've actually mm-hmm. taken on another store, so you're managing two stores simultaneously right now. Two stores, and uh, they give you a nice $50 bonus for doing it, so it's all worth it. There you go. And, and and you you don't get to see uh, famous recording artist John Legend because you're at the wrong store when that happened. That is correct. The person who worked my shift got to take a picture with John Legend and I just got to see it. But it's it's like the same thing. And then when he, he wrote a little note on the picture that said, at least you saw all of me. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was I asked legendary. Them just to save a little love for me, but they wouldn't. It was sad. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, uh, glad to have you here. We know how busy you've been, uh, and hopefully you can uh, ha- take a little break. Uh, Jeff, are you doing well? I'm doing well. Good. Good. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's no, it. That's no it status updates. Now, uh, I will tell Jeff, though, I've been watching the XFL, and uh, the New York Guardians were playing um the dc defenders it was a great game but dc just co- completely obliterated the new york guardians and then the dc defenders twitter account um did uh, took a clip from the office where michael is asking to go to get a new york slice yeah but it's tomorrow <laughs> and so they put the new york guardians uh logo on his head right. and he's like i'm gonna go get a new york slice and it Sabaro had a big l on it like a loss because yeah. they got beat so bad uh, that's funny yeah so i thought you'd enjoy that how are uh, the enforcers doing? Uh, the enforcers, uh, unfortunately, uh, are just they in our hearts. cut this year? No, they're just in our hearts and minds. Uh, they're not mm-hmm. made men, as, as we say here in Chicago. Uh, but uh, we have some great guests I would like to introduce. Uh, we'll start uh, with our competitor. Uh, he's been on the show before. Uh, his son, Henry, is is one of our biggest uh, fans biggest under, fans. under adult or non-adult. Yeah. Yeah, non-adult fans. What's the demographic age? <laughs> uh, I go, anyone under 15, I guess? I don't know. Uh, but Henry, uh, if you're listening, you're awesome. Uh, and uh, give your dad a high five. But uh, that is Josh Head. And uh, he's a brand new Universal Champion on Patreon. So thank you very much for that support as well. How are you doing, Josh? Doing well. How about you guys? Doing really well. Uh, what's been new in Austin? Uh, well, I guess since last time I talked to you, I got a new job. Well, I got let go from my old job. I got a new job. And it's uh, it's great. I live it there. And uh, 
just really turned my world around for being uh, not depressed. So, <laughs> well, congratulations! We're glad to hear that that's you're awesome. yeah, you're at a new job. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, we we appreciate your support, obviously on Patreon. Uh, you've you've always been um, super vocal in the crop and uh, through email and a, and a big supporter of the show. So we can't thank you enough for that. And you've been uh, one of the the handful, I, I believe, from the beginning. So thank you very much for always uh, being in our corner. Uh, pretty close to the beginning, but yeah. So we appreciate it. Uh, so you're going to be playing with Matt today, and and we'll let you guys pick yep. your team name. Uh, but we have a very special guest host uh, today, and uh, she's not only a United States. Uh, champion on patreon uh but we love uh, seeing her tweets uh on twitter um she's always uh thrown out really great trivia questions which is going to come in handy today for her being host uh and that is uh kylie diggs from mesa arizona how's it going kylie going really great thanks for having me thank you so much for joining us uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the company that you run yeah um so i am the owner of brainwave trivia uh i started it a little more than a year ago and i write quizzes for a restaurant and bar owners who want to host a trivia game every week but they don't really have time to put together questions uh so it's somewhere in the middle between you know someone host running their whole own game and uh, paying for like a hosting service to come in so um yeah they just uh, subscribe to brainwave and they get a new quiz uh in their email inbox every week um i also host a weekly game and I play test my games there so shout out to the regulars at the handlebar diner um, yeah and that's sort of where the idea came from the the chef owner of that place uh, wanted to have a trivia week but he was just you know busy running a business uh, so he couldn't write his own quizzes so I offered to do it and that's sort of where the idea got started um, yeah I'm a copy editor uh, by day uh, at a university here in Arizona um, and I just love writing trivia and making games for people to play. So, um, I love you. Like, I, I love your show so much cause there's something to me really special about, you know, sitting around a table with friends and having some drinks and talking out questions, you know, without just like straight Googling answers, you know, that sort of, uh, racking your brain, I find really, really challenging and uh, a fun thing to do. So yeah, that's how I got started. And I found you guys, um, through Trivial Warfare. Um, and I'm still working through your back catalog and I'm really enjoying, uh, every episode. So I just love the format you guys do and the humor that you bring every week. And I'm super excited to be here. Well, thank you thank very you. much. Um, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, just to hear your story and, and what you're doing. So we have a lot of trivia hosts in the crop and, and that are listeners. So, uh, if you'd like to uh, get in touch with Kylie, you can uh, hit her up at Brainwave Trivia and we'll uh, get some contact info for you by the end of the episode. But uh, yes, thank you very much for following the show and enjoying it. And uh, of course, a hello to our friends over at uh, Trivial Warfare for having us on uh, a couple different times um, that led to Kylie finding us. Uh, but uh, before we get started here, how about some team names? Jeff, how do you feel about half grilled cheese and hot dog? Um, well, I feel like uh, pretty good about it. That's how you felt about it today, right? Uh, I do, and we'll see how I feel about it later uh, <laughs> when my digestive system does its job. Um, Josh and Matt, what are you guys thinking for a team name? I was thinking we can make it really complicated and be half hot dog and grilled cheese, but I don't think that's that'd be confusing <laughs> for everyone. Um, I was thinking me being a robot, your last name being a head, we could be robot head. Yeah, that works for me. Love it. All right. All right. So half grilled cheese and hot dog versus robot head. Uh, let's let's throw it to the rules guy. <laughs> Such weird team names. Uh, it is weird. Uh, let's throw it to the rules guy and let's see him do his best Arizona accent in honor of Kylie. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager zero to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. I don't know. Kylie, what do you think? How did it sound? Uh, there's so many transplants here from Canada that it probably should have sounded more like that, but not bad. All right. Well, not bad. We're, we're, we'll give you a pass today, rules guy. Um, all right. Darren. Well, uh, Darren. Uh, Kylie, we are ready to go. So whenever you'd like to start. Great. Um, all right. Your uh, round one, question one category is You Sunk My Battleship. The classic Milton Bradley version of the game Battleship has players place five ships of different sizes on their 10 by 10 grid. How many squares does the titular battleship occupy? We're locked in. 
Oh, okay. Ooh. Jeff wow. is a board game master, I he, forget. He, he might not have sunk yeah. my battleship, but he sunk my heart with that question. Ooh. He sunk my <laughs> battleship. <laughs> All right. So they go from, I believe, from two, two to, to five. five. And yeah. five is the like the carrier. The, yeah, the, the aircraft carrier. And um, and I think the four is the destroyer. I think it's three. You think three is battleship? I think. If yeah, I, I was. Right, that's what yeah. I wrote down right away. That's what um, I did too. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we're gonna lock in with three. All right. So I think they're right that the aircraft carrier is five. I think there's like a little gunboat that's two. I think both like the submarine and the destroyer are three, and so we said four for the battleship. The correct answer is four. Oh, wow, nice. I, I haven't played it that often. I, I always see the kids on the box having a ton of fun, but... It does not look that fun, to be honest. It like doesn't. When you're well, and there, yeah. are, there are strategies that are pretty effective you can implement to be better <laughs> than most people at that game, so... Oh. Of course you know that. How, how do you take the fun out of a board game? Well, I looked at all just, the strategies just, online just first. Me. <laughs> at, Jeff, as a small tween boy, Jeff had weekly meetings with a Russian spy agent to learn about aircraft carrier. Well, that's like I stopped playing Connect Four when I was a kid when I found out it was a solved game. So yeah. I don't even know what that means. But we'll let you, we'll and, let, uh, you and Rohan Rondo, right? <laughs> uh, Kylie, uh, you can go on to question two before Jeff gets into a hole about uh, Battleship here. Can do. Uh, your category for question two is, it's Greek to me. Appearing in conjunction with letters of various alphabets in order to indicate changes in sounds during pronunciation, what is the term for a mark such as a tilde, accent grave, or umlaut? Jay Sherman is probably a fan of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're locked in. I, I thought it was going to be umlaut. I was so excited, and she yeah. said umlaut, and I was like, oh, all right. I think I got it, Matt. Um, uh, well, Jay Sherman was the critic, so Correct. yeah, that's what I would go with. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like cri- critic or critique, maybe, but right, uh, a critical, I think, is actually maybe okay. what it would be called. Yeah, crit- uh, critical, maybe. That works for me. I all yeah. I can think uh, about jay sherman is that i followed john lovitz on the highway pretty recently oh, that's <laughs> and, right. yeah i heard that episode <laughs> so i could have asked him if i if i know this was coming but mr um, fender bender oh wait maybe it's uh actually is it a diacritical hmm i have no idea let's go with that so you're locking in with diacritical correct yeah okay i i thought when you handed the piece of paper over i thought you wrote diuretic <laughs> And I was like, why would that have anything to do with language? Uh, but, no. But what did you write down? I, I, I wrote a diacritic or a diacritical mark. Okay. Yeah. And the correct answer is a diacritic or a diacritical mark. So, All Matt, right. Matt, you've been trying, uh, I'm on your team, by the way, but you've been trying to convince Jeff to reach out to get John Lovitz to do the rules reading. That is correct. Via cameo. I think we have to. If, if you guys like that idea, just write in the comments and we'll, we'll think about it. And then afterwards, we could say, it stinks. It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for question three? Oh, I yeah. Think so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, your category is math, but movies. So this is going to be a movie math problem. I'll give you some movies that have numbers in the title, and you just do the equation. So it's the number of miles that saw Kevin Costner and Kurt Russell dressed like Elvis divided by Gerard Butler's Spartans plus Keanu Reeves' Japanese Warriors. Okay. How many miles to Graceland? I, I just, it's either 2,000 or 3,000. I'm trying to remember now. Well, 3,000 makes for much easier math. Does it? 3,000 miles. I think it's 3,000. by 300, which would be 10 so, plus oh, so 47, 57. 57. Yeah, um, I think it's 3,000. That's the number that was in my head, but I didn't want to influence you because I don't know the films as well. No, I'm pretty sure... What is getting in my head about 3,000? I think it's 3,000 miles to Graceland. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jeff, uh, you have the Spartans, uh, 300, uh, and then 47 Ronin. Yep. And I think, I just couldn't remember if it was 3,000 miles to Graceland uh, or 2,000. I think it's 3,000 miles to Graceland. So 3,000 divided by 300 is 10, right? Yeah. Plus 47 is 57? Yes. Uh, So we'll lock in with that. Uh, Yeah, we had this... We had the same uh, reasoning behind ours and uh, came up with 57 as well. And that is points all around. It is 57. All right. 
sometimes the, the numbers in movies confuse me just a little bit at, at different times because you have like Bernie Mac's Mr. 3000. I was thinking of Pretty Woman's original title, 3000. And I was like, am I, am I uh, you know, thinking of the wrong thing because of that? But yeah. Mr. 3000. No one's thought of that in a very long time. You know, you know what else no one's thought about is the Tom Selleck classic, Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. Mm-hmm. I used to love watching that movie. Um, anyway. All right. Question four. Your category is all the married ladies. The term seven sisters based on the Greek myth of the Pleiades is used in many contexts. One of those is a group of seven women's magazines about the domestic arts that hit their peak in the 70s and 80s. Only three of those seven sisters are still physically published monthly. So if there's bonus points possible here, you can get five points each for naming those three. Um, do you want to just go with those three and we'll knock out? Yeah, okay. I, I've, got no, I've got no good ideas on this, honestly. All right. Uh, we'll start over here. We might be on a complete wrong track here, but Jeff and I were trying to recall the magazines that we read along our friends at the uh, beauty shop when we go for our <laughs> blowouts. But um, I, uh, these could be right. I think they're still around. So we're going to lock in with Good Housekeeping, Reader's Digest, and Home and Garden. Oh. Mm. Reader's Digest is one we did not have. Um, we started with Good Housekeeping, uh, Better Homes and Gardens, I believe is what we said. And then what was the third one? Southern Living. Okay, so there's some points being awarded. Good Housekeeping is one of them. And then I'm going to uh, only give points for Better Homes and Gardens, not just Home and Gardens. And then the third one is Woman's Day. Mm. So I said I said defunct earlier. Two of them are in completely defunct. One of them is transitioning into like a quarterly specialty publication, and then the other one is digital only. Mm-hmm. So the other four were McCall's, Ladies oh. Home Journal, Red Book, and Family Circle, which just stopped oh. publication last month, a couple months ago. So question five is, uh, you guys usually do the listener-submitted question. Um, I am pulling from a book called called Could There Be Any More Trivia, which, shameless plug, is my book that I wrote about Friends Trivia. Oh. Uh, That's available on Amazon. Uh, So that, this question comes from that book. So in a season three episode, what celebrity's name does Ross use to score a restaurant reservation? One strange thing, though, that celebrity ended up guest starring on the show several seasons later. Oh, boy. I'm not good with uh, Friends at all. I'm not either. Uh, we have so many great listeners who are really good with French trivia. That's really sad. I know. That's really sad, Neil. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I know. I'm a loner as well. I don't watch Friends. I don't have any friends. <laughs> uh, so 95 is when it started. I w- that was a freshman in college. I think either. And Brad Pitt was on there one time. Um, yeah. And, and that would be like the height of Brad Pitt's yeah. fame, right? Around that time. Uh, yeah, I mean, other than like you know his renaissance now, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think we can we can I think Brad Pitt's a good guess. Yeah, I I, I I'm I feel good about that one. Okay, sure. we're gonna lock in Brad Pitt. We had a very similar conversation over here. Uh, we thought maybe Brad Pitt wouldn't have been. I mean, he would have been famous enough, but we thought he was earlier in the the Friends run, and uh, we threw out some other names, but. Not sure if it's because it was top of mind or not, but we just thought, you know, Tom Selleck was on the show. We think he was like a dentist or something who dated Monica. So we said Tom Selleck. Unfortunately, no points on this one. The answer is Winona Ryder. So there was a little hint in the clue there. uh, One strange thing. She's now the star of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. And um, she was name dropped to get a table early in season three. And then she ended up playing uh, Melissa, who was a sorority sister of Rachel's, who was secretly in love with her. Oh, wow. (laughs) I had no idea. Okay. uh, Question six. The category is I would be called Kylie Question. Baseball player Prince Fielder, poet William Wordsworth, and professional poker champ Chris Moneymaker are all examples of what term used to describe a person whose name is extremely suitable for their profession. I have no idea. I've never yeah, heard this. I, I didn't know this was a term. No, I mean, there's words for everything, but yeah, I have no idea. I was trying to think if there was anything in there that we could pull clues out of, but... name A, a name-a-nim? <laughs> a name-a-nim? 
Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> I was recently writing a question about this, so that's where it came up. Oh, were you, Matt? Way to brag about writing questions. <laughs> like you have a podcast or something. That's what Bat says when he's looked it up on his phone when he's off camera. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> he's probably watching the All-Star game knowing Matt. No, it's not until later. Oh, okay. That's- but thank you. Yeah, we'll yeah. be doing that. He's in LA, not in the future. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was we discussed. It's kind of funny how you know last names. This used to be almost everybody because your name would be what your profession was. Yeah, Cooper, Miller, um, Baker, Peter Porker. Zipper is the one that I came up with. <laughs> um, but I believe these are called aptronyms. Wow. Um, yeah, we we had no idea about this uh, topic. Uh, it's a really cool question, and so we were trying to think of just any word that meant something about, about itself. And, uh, Jeff said maybe something with a nim, uh, and then, uh, not the secret of the nim, but a nim. And then I just said, maybe it's like a name, a nim, like a name, a nim. (laughs) That's all we got. So the correct answer is aptronym. Nice job. Very good. Wow. I was due to get one eventually. Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question seven. Your category is uncool, bro. (laughs) The film In and Out, in which an actor, upon winning his Oscar, thanks and unwittingly outs his gay high school drama teacher, is loosely based on an actual Oscar acceptance speech. What actor thanked his high school drama coach, Raleigh Farnsworth, in his speech by calling him one of the finest gay Americans he had ever known? I wrote this question before. I've heard this. Yeah, no, I wrote it. This is infuriating. Uh, I can't even think of anybody who won a uh, Tom Hanks, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So Jeff and I were um, trying to go back and forth on this one. And uh, we knew we had heard this fact before and maybe even tried writing a question about it. We couldn't remember. Um, But I'm pretty sure. um, And it's funny that Josh pulled it out of thin air. I think it was for when he won the Oscar for Philadelphia. Uh, Tom Hanks was talking about his teacher. You are you are both correct. It was the Philadelphia acceptance speech. Wow. So yeah, in in the movie, the teacher is played by Kevin Klein and the actor is played by Matt Dillon. And so Kevin Klein's character is blindsided because he doesn't identify as gay. But in real life, Tom Hanks did call his teacher before the Oscars and asked his permission to name check him, and the teacher said yes. Okay. So a little drama for the movie version. Mm-hmm. There's always always a little more drama. Question eight, your category is a plague on just that one house. Though unicameral legislatures are fairly common in countries around the world, only one U.S. state opted for a single house as its governing body instead of the bicameral U.S. federal model of House and Senate. Name that state whose motto is equality before the law. We are locked in. Okay, I'm pretty sure this is, you think this is Louisiana? Because um, they, they don't they have base, weird stuff, yeah. Because they're not based on the English. Yeah, um, they're Napoleonic. So that was um, my first guess. Would be. I'm good with that. Okay. I don't have anything better. Louisiana. Yeah, um, in a state which mathematically is not as flat as a pancake, we said Nebraska. Correct answer is Nebraska. Oh wow! Is, is there a Kansas? What's the one that people keep saying it's always flat as a pancake? I don't know. We were I, I, when I was in Wisconsin once. There, we were at fireworks, and this uh, group of drunk people came up, and they're like, "You from Illinois?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah." You guys are flatlanders. So that's all I know. <laughs> so I don't know about yeah, pancakes. All right, question nine. Your category is I want my MTV. Mm. In two thousand one, MTV was in charge of the Super Bowl halftime show for the first time. Previous incarnations of the show were produced by the likes of Disney and Radio City Music Hall, a little tamer. The show's theme was The Kings of Rock and Pop, and it featured what two groups as dual headliners? We're locked in. I think um, I think it was Aerosmith, um, because they did a medley at the end, and Nelly was there, but I don't think he was a headliner. I think it's NSYNC, because... Neil got it right away. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be good with uh, Aerosmith and NSYNC, yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I tricked you by locking in early because it was actually the backstreet. No, of course it wasn't. Who wants them? Uh, it was Aerosmith and NSYNC, I believe. That's correct. NSYNC and Aerosmith. 
And they were joined by Nellie, Mary J. Blige, and Britney Spears. What a yeah, show. I was going to say Britney Spears was in there, too, I thought. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. that's a great one. When you Nellie, uh, Nellie wore a jersey that had the, the two t- jerseys sewn together, and I really wanted one after realizing it looked really stupid later, but at the time, <laughs> well, I really st- wanted one. You still wear the Band-Aid on your face. Yeah, with my headband every day. But that's just from not putting on uh, suntan lotion in California. <laughs> All right. The final question in the round, your category is, he shoots, he scores. American composer John Colby is definitely not a household name, but you probably know his most famous work, which debuted in 1989. You've likely sung it more than once in your life, generally at moments like when your buddy sings a three or your kid slides in under the tag at second. Um, man, I don't know. Jock Jams is, a, is is not really one piece of music, so and I no. can't think of the, the song. For me, it Dun. is. I listen to it all the way through every time. <laughs> What's the name of the song from Bring It On with the jazz hands? The bam, 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 bam. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, all ready, ready, for this. This. yeah all ready for this. That's what it is. Um, that was part of my mascot <laughs> audition that I did at Iowa. Um, it was. Of course uh, it was. Why uh, wouldn't it be? I, I have no idea. Let's just go jock jams. I don't know. Oh, I'm trying to think of anything that makes sense here, but I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah, jock jams. We're locked in. Um, yeah, so we were kicking around a lot of um, what would apply to multiple sports, what would be late 80s, early 90s, and then it started to click that this is Sports Center, and I think it's the da-na-na-na-na-na. And John Colby was the composer of da-na-na-na-na, the Sports Center theme. Nice job. Great question. Great poll, too. Good poll, Matt. After the first round, it's a very tight game. It looks like those bonus points uh, during the Seven Sisters questions uh, really helped out here. So we have uh, Team Half Grilled Cheese and Hot Dog with 65 and Team Robot Head with 70. Uh, So before we throw it over to Kylie for uh, the swing round, um, both Kylie and Josh are Patreon supporters, which we very, very much appreciate. Uh, and uh, we've had a great uptick um, in new Patreon members of, you know, those of you that we've never met before, haven't uh, haven't had the pleasure of meeting even through email. So thank you very much for everyone who's been joining recently uh, and getting some great perks. But Jeff, what are some of the um, items people can get at the different tiers if they do sign up to support the show on Patreon? Yep. You can get our Macho Man exclusive stickers, bonus episodes, autograph posters, uh, character boxes, and then all the way up to our uh, Triviality Loot Crate style box. Awesome. Uh, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun for us to fulfill those packages and send letters and posters and record um, bonus episodes, record bonus episodes. We have a lot of audio content uh, that is untapped if you're not a Patreon supporter. Um, but really, uh, the most important thing for us is, um, well, to be completely honest, that anyone would care about us enough to uh, help support the show. So that is awesome in and of itself. But um, thank you very much just for, for everyone for supporting the show, especially uh, Kylie and Josh, who are here, we really appreciate it, and it uh, helps the show uh, continue. So thank you. All right. So uh, let's go to the swing round and see what Kylie has in store. All right. Your category for the swing round is these are their stories. Dun, dun. <laughs> so the police, per- the police procedural has been a staple of network television for decades. And while their formulaic nature is sometimes criticized, it's also very comforting. Cops, special agents, detectives, they get handed a case, they gather the evidence, Usually have a wisecrack or two, but the bad guy always gets caught in the end. So I'm going to give you the name of 10 of these intrepid crime fighters, and I want you, for five points each, to name the show on which they appear. So I'll give you the name of the fictional character. Number one, Dr. Temperance Brennan. Number two, Detective Lenny Briscoe. Number three, Sergeant Lucy Bates. Number four, Detective Andy Sipowitz. Number five, Sergeant Joe Friday. Number six, Detective Frank Pembleton. Number seven, Dr. Gil Grissom. Number eight, Senior Field Special Agent Sam Hanna. Number nine, Captain Olivia Benson. And number 10, Lieutenant Horatio Kane. All right, uh, we will mute and discuss. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— 
We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. All right, uh, all the answers are locked in, so let's throw it back to Kylie to uh, go through the questions one more time, and we'll give our answers. All right, uh, number one, Dr. Temperance Brennan. Uh, that would be Bones. We also said Bones. Emily Deschanel played Bones, correct. All right. Number two, Detective Lenny Briscoe. I believe this is on the classic Law & Order. Ooh, uh, yeah, we thought it was something older. Uh, we just went with uh, Hill Street Blues just for, for random. That's a good one, too. It is Jerry Orbach playing Lenny Briscoe on Law & Order. Yeah, I, I, just, I know a Lenny Briscoe shirt. One. Good old Jerry Orbach. <laughs> his face on it. Did you he really? He is the best. Oh, yeah. It's so nice that he learned a lesson, too, that Johnny taught him about not putting baby in the corner. <laughs> Number three, Sergeant Lucy Bates. Uh, this is one that we pretty much had no idea on um, and just guessed a show that probably all our grandparents watched and said Blue Bloods. Um, we went a different direction and we guessed Chicago PD. So Lucy Bates was on Hill Street Blues. Oh. Played by Betty Thomas. She won an Emmy for it and she went on to be a very successful film director. Mm. We knew it had to be on here somewhere, Neil. Yeah. Number four, Detective Andy Sipowitz. Uh, NYPD Blue. I remember as a young kid, it was a big deal that Dennis Franz showed his butt on TV, his his naked butt, and uh, it was all over TV. And I remember seeing it. I was like, this must be a moment I have to remember. And I've never forgotten it. <laughs> uh, so we put NYPD Blue. So never forgotten it or scarred for life is, I think, what you probably mean. Uh, yes, it's uh, Dennis Franz playing Sipowitz on NYPD Blue. Number five, Sergeant Joe Friday. This is a real classic, uh, Dragnet. Ooh, nice. Yeah, we weren't sure. We just knew it sounded really old and and classic, and we're like, oh, what's a car fifty four? Where are you, Dragnet? And we settled on Dragnet. Dragnet is correct. Played by Frank Webb. Just the facts. Number six, Detective Frank Pembleton. This one we weren't entirely sure, but we figured there might be a homicide life on the streets in here with all the classic procedurals, so we said homicide life on the street. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I was thinking it was something I had seen. Um, I had given homicide life in the street a go a while back. I thought maybe this was possibly a character in The Wire that I'd forgotten about, so we guessed The Wire. The correct answer on this one is homicide life on the street. Yeah, as soon as I heard it, I remembered who it was. Played by Andre Brower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Dr. Gil Grissom. Uh, that would be original CSI. Yep, that was uh, the original CSI. CSI is correct, played by William Peterson. Number eight, senior field special agent Sam Hanna. Um, I believe this is original NCIS. Yeah, we thought uh, that's kind of an unusual title. So what's a kind of an unusual type of procedural, non-cops? And we guessed NCIS. 
No points, unfortunately, on this one. You guys were close. This one is NCIS Los Angeles. Uh, oh. And that's LL Cool J's character. Ladies love Sam Hanna. Number nine, Captain Olivia Benson. Uh, this uh, one's as close to a gimme as you're going to get, I guess, for us. Uh, SVU. Not just the name of one of Taylor Swift's cats. We said SVU. That's correct. Mariska Hargitay plays Olivia Benson on Law & Order SVU. Her cat's named Olivia Benson? Yeah, Detective Olivia Benson. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And the last one, Lieutenant Horatio Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone had to do it. Uh, CSI Miami. That was a drive-by Miami style. Yeah. Yeah, I love that show. Um, yeah, C- CSI Miami. Both are correct. David Crusoe on CSI Miami. Uh, so I, I binged that. Um, I think it was right out of college, maybe. Um, and I watched all of them on DVD uh, when they came in the big box sets and whatnot. Um, but what I loved is I picked up all of his acting tics, um, which are hilarious when you watch the show, like, cause he's, he's supposedly a tough guy or whatever. And so every time he, he talks to someone who he's at odds with, or if he's like, someone's like, you can't do that Horatio, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so if you ever watch, he like never looks anyone in the eye. He, he'll like look away down at the ground at like four o'clock and then he'll like kind of look his eyes up at them like really, really subtly. And then, um, he always hits them with like a one-liner but he never lets anyone respond and he just turns and walks away so he'd be like you know like uh your banana's rotten and he'll just turn and walk away before you can even say no it's not you know i found the the victim's head in the freezer of the convenience store i guess the murderer was a cool customer <laughs> yeah my, my favorite was uh there's a bunch of lasers yeah. and, a, and a dead body and uh it was over a, a divorce settlement he's like divorce of the future <laughs> i mean they're so terrible they're that, so like, bad you just make up a dad joke on the spot and it was probably a csi intro yes yes it was um okay so we picked up 5 10 15 20 25 30 so we're at uh 95 what are you guys at uh we picked up 40 and we're at 110 all right round two question one your category is going back to the well George Michael had a huge hit on his hands when he cast five supermodels to lip-sync his song Freedom 90 in the video that became an MTV staple. He employed the same tactic two years later for the video for Too Funky, this time casting eight models, including what future Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition cover model and talk show host? I can lock that in. <laughs> okay. Josh, in, in with a vengeance. Um, okay. Locking in the swimsuit model right away. Good call. All right. So <laughs> as as I'm sure Josh knows um, from listening to the show, uh, my mom got me this magazine every year. <laughs> still does. <laughs> so I'm just going through it. You still hide it under your bed? Uh, I still hide it <laughs> under my bed, yeah. Shoot. There's someone. It's. Uh, it might not be Tyra Banks. There's someone I'm thinking right now that it's prob- it probably isn't. I'm. Uh, it's killing me. Um, oh, man. All right. I, I don't think it's Tyra Banks, but let's just lock in Tyra. Let's booty tooch our way into the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Well, as uh, little Penny Hardaway used to say, it's Tyra Banks, fool. <laughs> and the correct answer is Tyra mm. Banks. Bonus trivia on that one. The uh, the only model that appears in both of those videos is Linda Evangelista. Mm. The, other, the other seven models in the new uh, video were not in the Freedom 90 video. Hmm. Okay, um, question two, category, it's like a cow's opinion. (laughs) With a goal of increasing educational access via the internet by providing free content to millions, Coursera, Khan Academy, and LinkedIn Learning are three examples of MOOCs, or M-O-O-Cs. What does M-O-O-C stand for? Yeah, we're kind of dancing around what this could stand for. I we're think thinking that's some of it. But maybe the O is online courses or mastering. Or I think online courses make sense, but we're we're at a loss here. Um, we're gonna have to tap. I don't know. Okay, um, I don't think that we're right, but we came up with words for the letters that make somewhat sense, and we said uh, multiple option online college. So a couple words in there were correct. Um, All right. Team team, team Robot Head was sort of on the right track. Uh, what I heard their discussion, they were talking about MMORPGs. So that first M in uh, this massive? one is massive. It is a massive open online course. Huh. Wow. Question three, your category is, it was a team effort. 
When Heath Ledger died in January of 2008, he was in the middle of filming The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus with director Terry Gilliam. Not wanting to scrap the film or entirely recast the role, Gilliam created a conceit that Ledger's character Tony would physically transform inside the Imaginarium, and he called on three different actors to play different incarnations of Tony and complete the film. Name those three actors. Oh, wow. All of them. All right. So I'm just talking out loud here. So uh, I'm almost positive Johnny Depp is one of them and um, Colin Farrell. As the other one, uh, it's a, it's another British actor, and I know it. It's someone. It's I cannot think of his name right now. Oh you know my anything god! Anything he was in? Anything it's, else? Oh my god! Was, he was the guy married to Sienna Miller, and I'm like losing it. Jude Law. Yes, it's Jude Law. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So uh, we're gonna lock in with. Uh, Jack. I was gonna. Okay, Johnny. Johnny Depp. Um, Colin Farrell and uh, Jude Law. Well, we got Johnny Depp. I felt really good about that one. Um, and then Josh said Jack Black, so we went with it. And then I said the person who can play anyone, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Neil, I'm sorry that that question tortured you, but you did get there in the <sighs> end. It was Colin Farrell, Jude Law, and Johnny Depp. That was a real Oh, effort. good. Yes. I... Uh... I'm physically ill now, but <laughs> good question. Got there. Holy crap. And you've never seen the film. No, I, uh, cause Terry Gilliam, sometimes he just makes me angry. And especially lately he's <laughs> with his old man rants that he you, goes on. You, you mm. complain about They're Brazil all the time. So I don't know. I just, sometimes I'm just glad that he actually finished a movie. <laughs> Sorry. It's just a film burn. He's fine. He's uh, fine. Okay. You guys ready for question four? Let's do it. Your category is, well, that seems dangerous. Professor Philip Zimbardo was the researcher behind what infamous study investigating the psychological effects of power that placed college-age test subjects into roles as inmates and guards? We're locked in. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, I just want to talk about it for a second. Um, you the... said you're locked. Yeah. Okay. This is, it was, are we sure it's not the Stanford prison experiment? Isn't that Yeah, what? it's not that. It's, um... Wait, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, then you're right. It's the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yeah, not bad. Okay. No problem. Yeah, there. <laughs> uh, Jeff? Yep, we said the Stanford Prison Experiment. Points to both teams. That is correct. Much like this, uh, that experiment, Neil, we're going to cut our show off early when it turns out we're all just monsters. <laughs> the Triviality <laughs> Prison Experiment? You have to go into a jail cell and listen to Triviality on, on loop for... Right. A week. It's only supposed to last six weeks, but they call it after a couple of days because <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. It's too uh, much torture. Uh, actually, you aren't in solitary. You're just in a small cell with a window. That's just Jeff. Sorry. Okay. Question five. On uh, your, uh, sorry, your category for question five, sort of a listener submitted question. This one uh, is a question that I had on my Twitter feed, which you guys uh, are followers of, so maybe if you remember this question, you've got a little leg up. On Sex in the City, Carrie Bradshaw visits the Vogue accessories closet and finds a pair of shoes in patent leather that she calls an urban shoe myth. These closed-toed women's shoes with one or more straps across the instep are called by what girl's name? Mm. <laughs> I, we can lock in. I'm, yeah, I know it. I'm pretty sure Matt, you know okay. Matt had those when... Uh, when I stayed over. Um, so they're locked in. It's I, more of a pump guy. I do love Sex and the City. I've seen it all, all of it uh, a long time ago. I'm pretty sure they're Mary Janes. Does that sound right? That would make sense. I think, I think they're the rest of the And blues. if it was Carrie Bradshaw, they would be Jimmy Choo, but I think they're Mary Janes, though, is the locked in answer. So that's what we'll go with. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure those are called Mary Janes. They are Mary Janes. Good job. Nice. Um, question six. Your category is hearing voices. What actress, best known for playing Dr. Elliot Reed on Scrubs, can currently be heard as the voice of Beth Smith, the no-nonsense matriarch on Cartoon Network's Rick and Morty? We're locked in. Mm, what is her name? Uh, uh, she was Becky. The... I don't know how Matt's going to get this answer. He's going to need all of Josh's help because Matt has a no-scrubs policy. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Sarah Chalk, 
chalk or chalky c-h-a-l-k-e that sounds about right uh yeah. i have no idea so sarah chalky she uh she was also one of my favorite of ted's ex-girlfriends who broke his heart i know she's a vet too yeah. great catch. victoria right is that who she played no, victoria was no the baker. That, was a, that was a cupcake yeah oh yeah she was stella zinman stella <laughs> who That's left right. him at the altar yeah. anyways right. we said sarah chalk sarah chalk is correct now you're killing me. Uh, maybe Kylie knows. What was the um, the phrase that uh, Chris Kattan said that Ted never said in the movie version of his life that Stella's husband wrote? Oh, oh. no. It was like, something do, baby. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no can doesville, baby doll. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. No can doesville. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I was going to kill me the rest of the game. <laughs> All right, question seven. Your category is, we're talking baseball. During the 2015 World Series, Kansas City Royals shortstop Alcides Escobar put what on his stat sheet, doing something no player had done in the World Series since 1929. We're, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, because yeah, what would have been 29 would have been like when the Yankees were good, right? Like the Murderers Row era. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the, how that helps. If that helps, yeah. Well, what does that add to the question? <laughs> Well, the only thing I can think of is if it was 1929, several of those baseball players were probably intoxicated while playing. <laughs> so he could be, could have been intoxicated, but that does not go on a score sheet. Um, we're, we're just throwing around terms like maybe he got a a, a double like or triple play. Double or, yeah, like maybe yeah. he caught a line drive, stepped on the bag at two, and then threw it to one and got like a triple play by himself. Um, but that seems <laughs> if like... He, if he threw it to someone, it's not really... Right. When by himself. Right. <laughs> oh, true. So maybe an unassisted double play. Do oh, like, what's up? Sorry, I, I didn't mean to yell. Could You're he have? Fine. Could he have switch hit? Could have been. Like, like he batted once lefty and batted once righty, and that he'd be the only person on the score sheet to write. That. I don't even know if you put hit? that. Yeah. No, I, I mean that could be. Okay, let's write that because it's it seems weird enough. All right, that's what we're gonna lock him with. I'm pretty sure Jason Hayward was switch hitting in the next World Series that some Chicago team won. Um, <laughs> but we we talked about a lot of things, uh, hitting for the cycle, unassisted triple play, a lot of those kind of things. But uh, Josh brought up stealing home, and I don't remember anything happening like that since then. So we said stealing home. Unfortunately, no points on this one. Mm. Alcides Escobar hit an inside the park home run. Mm. That did come up in our discussion. Uh. I heard it. Oh, that makes me angry, but not in a, not in an angry way. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had so, how does one become angry, but not in an angry way, Neil? It's like if Bruce Banner gets angry that someone made his coffee wrong, but he doesn't turn into the Hulk, but he's angry Bruce Banner. Okay, that so he's sense. just like he's just like normal size, but he's green. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think Matt was thinking of Benny the Jet from the Sandlot stealing home. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's exactly what he was thinking. <laughs> For the Dodgers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, question eight. Your category is what a coinky dink. The Billboard Hot 100 year end chart for 1990 includes two different songs with the same title. At number eight is a song by an R&B quartet that opens with an acapella snippet of Who's Loving You. And at number one is a self love anthem performed by a trio with famous parental connections. What's the title of those two songs? We're good. Mm. We're locked in. Um, what year was this? Nineteen ninety. So I think it's Wilson Phillips is the trio with famous right. fathers, and that would be Hold On, which I think is also a boys to men song. Maybe yeah. I don't know, but I think it's yeah. Hold On. Uh, we yes. good? Yeah, locked oh, in. All right, so they locked yeah. in. Yeah, so Wilson Phillips, Hold On. I think the other Hold On was uh, Vogue. I think. Mm. Um, I don't remember that one for Vogue. sure, but. En Vogue, thank you. En Vogue. Um, so that's what we went with was Hold On. Yep, it was En Vogue and Wilson Phillips with Hold On. All right. Someday somebody's going to pick them. I always forget the lyrics halfway through. And I Turn around and say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to watch Bridesmaid. That's right. Or, or Harold and Kumar. Question nine. Your category is Don't Worry, It's Not That Kind of Calculus. Skipping, brushing, and flossing can lead to dental calculus, a hardened buildup of what substance on the teeth and gums that can lead to health issues like gingivitis? Oh, I think I got it. Oh, good. I think I... You can lock in because I don't know anything. Yeah. Who is the official dentist of Triviality? I forgot who uh, that was. Taylor. Brian Cranston. Brian, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, no, Taylor, Taylor Cook. 
So yeah. shout out to Taylor Cook, who probably knows this one, and he's operating on a patient right now while listening to the show <laughs> and is yelling at the patient. But that's not really <laughs> happening because he would probably lose his license um, just for listening to our show. So they're they're locked in. Um, yeah, this does not count as continuing education. Skipping, flossing. I mean, what builds up? Plaque, right? Plaque or um, is there another word for this stuff? I don't know. It has to be plaque, right? I would have thought, but I don't know. Um, there's another word that's on the tip of my tongue and I can't, it like plaque, but I can't think of it. Um, I'm just thinking of when you take Listerine, it says it, it gingivitis. Can, yeah. But she said gingivitis, right? Mm. Cause that's what it turns into. No, oh. I think, I don't know. Yeah. Let's just go plaque. That's fine. I, I it seems, it seems like a red herring, but we're going to lock them with plaque. Yeah. That was, uh, that was my thought too. It was plaque. It is plaque. Oh. Mm, right. Kylie is, yep. you're playing so many ba- uh, brain games with me. I, it is brainwave trivia, by the way, but I'm literally like every answer. I'm like, it can't be that. And then it is. I love putting people through knots. I know. But I know you're like a boy scout of trivia, you know, a hundred different <laughs> knots. Um, well, I'm, I'm always prepared and I'm prepared with question 10. <laughs> mm. Your category is it's like a famous baby. What Australian photographer whose 2021 calendar will be her 30th rocketed to fame after the release of her coffee table book, Down in the Garden, which featured oh. babies and toddlers dressed as fairies, flowers, and snails? Oh, really? <laughs> All right. It's that yeah. famous photographer who does pictures of kids, and I can't mm-hmm. think of her name. Well, I definitely can tell you I don't follow her on Instagram, so. Oh, uh, man. An- Angela's favorite photographer. I know. I was just thinking yeah. the same thing. <laughs> kitchen it destroys art <laughs> i i this is another one like i i should know it i've heard it a million times i just i can't i can't pull it you have the calendar on your desk what <laughs> when did you put it there <laughs> um i here's what i here's what i want to do if we can get uh i don't know um a thousand comments in the crop for this episode i don't know how <laughs> because we don't have a thousand members yet uh we should just make our own calendar based off of hers but do the exact same outfits we're just oh you know you wanted to photoshop your head onto babies no no i want to dress as the babies in the same (laughs) position i will create fake facebook accounts to add comments to that post to see that happen it's just gonna be like three people commenting on themselves three hundred times look at these grown men dressing up as babies um i i don't know we're gonna have to tap (laughs) I, I know what she's talking about. I just, I can't, I don't know. The and name I of have it. no idea. Okay. Uh, we're going to say it's um, uh, the uh, Gerber Illustrated. I don't know. <laughs> We're just trying uh, to get named the episode Grown Men Babies. <laughs> um, I think it's Ann Geddes. Oh. <laughs> and the uh, correct answer is Ann Geddes. All right. And that does get not some sound points. familiar at all. <laughs> this is a weird day. I know. I, this is my, one of my favorite episodes ever. Thank you, uh, Kylie <laughs> and Josh. Um, that's it for regulation. Uh, the game is still tight, but uh, Robot Head is slightly pulling away. They have 180 points. And uh, over here at uh, Half Grilled Cheese and Hot Dog, we have 165. So we got to put it all on the wagers here. So let's hear those categories, and then we'll figure out our wagers. All right. Your final round categories are Science Baby. Silver screen ginger, posh accent, sporty on skates, and so scary I'm shaking in my reboots. Okay, love these. I love okay. these so much. <laughs> uh, so if they go 20 on all of them, let's just say they get it all right. That's 100 points? Yep. Okay, so it'll be 280. <laughs> Last time I checked, yeah. <laughs> Me and math do not get along, so uh, math is the joker to my Batman. Um, <laughs> what's two plus two? <laughs> Sorry. Um, How much do we have? One sixty-five. Let's go thirty all the way down. Do we have enough? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I have no idea. I mean, you're usually bad at math. I but... took two minimum math courses so I could take more band and choir and acting. Yeah. Oh, see, I got waved out of gym, which is the nerd thing to do. And when I worked at Starbucks, they did the math for me. That's true. All the wagers are locked in, so let's go back to Kylie with the questions. All right, question one, category science, baby. The name for what test performed soon after the birth of a baby to evaluate the infant's basic health indicators is a backronym that fits the five-letter last name of the doctor who created it in 1952. What's that called? Question two, category silver screen ginger. 
Ginger Rogers famously did everything Fred Astaire did, only backwards and in heels. But she also managed something that Astaire never did. She anteed up and won a competitive acting Oscar for her performance in what 1940 film? Number three, category posh accent. Despite being known as the King's English, received pronunciation, or RP, is spoken by only about 3% of the UK's population. RP is a very posh way of speaking associated with the upper crust of society and what major British organization? Number four, category Sporty on Skates. The Art Ross Trophy is awarded annually to the NHL player with the most points scored during the regular season. But from 1981 to 2001, only three different players took home the hardware. Name those dominating legends. And number five, category So Scary I'm Shaking in My Reboots. The new Netflix show, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, is a darker, horror-based reboot of the 90s fantasy sitcom show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but the witch's name stays the same. Based on the Archie Comics character, what is Sabrina's last name? Okay, uh, we'll take a little bit of time, and we will be right back. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All the answers are locked in for the final round. So let's go back to Kylie. She'll read through the question and we'll give our answers. All right, question one, the name for what test performed soon after the birth of the baby to evaluate the infant's basic health indicators is a backronym that fits the five-letter last name of the doctor who created it in 1952. What's that called? Uh, We wagered 30, or no, we wagered 20 on all of these, um, and then Josh got this right away. What did you say, Josh? Uh, It's the APGAR test. Both of my children passed them pretty well. Wow. Uh, I've definitely heard of that. Have you? I, I don't know what the APGAR test it, is. APGAR? APGAR. Oh. I think it <laughs> came up uh, a while ago on the show or something, but yeah, the we wagered. Reptar test. We, yeah, right. the Reptar test. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we wagered uh, 20 on this one, but we, we couldn't come up with it. Correction. Uh, you said to go all in, so we wagered 30. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, 30. On all of on them. On all of these. So yes, we, we uh, I guess we said Reptar. <laughs> Uh, created in 1952 by Virginia Apgar, it is the Apgar score or Apgar test. All right, number two, Ginger Rogers famously did everything Fred Astaire did, only backwards and in heels, but she also managed something that Astaire never did. She anteed up and won a competitive acting Oscar for her performance in what 1940 film? Uh, we wagered 20 uh, and figured Annie up with some kind of poker or casino clue, and we just couldn't get there, so I forget what we said casino uh, movie royale no we said uh you bet your life <laughs> okay there you go um so i used most of my brain energy on the um parnassus one and uh i used to know this fact really really well and i i know i'm close i'm almost positive i got it wrong um but it's kitty something and it's kind of an obscure movie it's kitty and I'm my own worst enemy on this show. As anyone who listens knows, I kept talking about Adam Sandler and all I could think of was O'Doyle rules. And so I said, Kitty Doyle. 
because it sounds right. So I said Kitty Doyle. Very close. It is Kitty Foyle. Oh my God. <laughs> F-O-Y-L-E. Uh, wow. Number three, despite being known as the King's English, received pronunciation or RP is spoken by only about 3% of the UK's population. RP is a very posh way of speaking associated with the upper crust of society and what major British organization? Um, we wagered 20 and Josh, what do we have here? Uh, the BBC. Yep, we wagered 30 on this one and we thought who else might have a kind of a pronunciation guide or requirement? We thought the BBC. That's correct. It is the BBC. Number four, uh, the Art Ross Trophy is awarded annually to the NHL player with the most points scored during the regular season. From 1981 to 2001, only three different players took home the hardware. Name those three dominating legends. Um, We wagered 20 here. Um, Very quickly came to Gretzky and Lemieux. Um, and then couldn't we're struggling with the third one, but then we thought maybe it was when Lemieux retired briefly that Yager, his teammate, took his place. So we said uh, Yarmir Yager is the third. Um, we wagered 30 on this one. Also came to Lemieux and Gretzky quite quickly. And the only other name we could pull was Yarmir Yager. Points to both teams. It's Gretzky, Lemieux, and Yager. Yager, who is still playing as of last year, I think. Yeah, isn't like he in the Czech, Czech leagues or something, or something now? I think, yeah, he might still be playing. He's going to play until he's 70. It's amazing. All right, number five, the new Netflix show The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a darker horror-based reboot of the 90s fantasy sitcom show Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but the witch's name is the same. Based on the Archie Comics character, what is Sabrina's last name? Mm, yeah, I haven't watched the new one yet. Uh, we wagered 20 on this. I was a big fan of the Melissa Joan Hart in the 90s as a teenage boy. So I said Sabrina Spellman. Oh, that's uh, it. Oh, that's it. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we wagered 30. Uh, we could not think of it. Uh, and so we said that her true last name is the Teenage Witch. <laughs> <laughs> Points to Robot Head. It is Spellman. Archie Comics loves those alliterative names. Yep, that's so obvious now it is it is obvious uh so at the end of regulation at the end of the final round uh it looks like team half grilled cheese hot dog uh, have one 135 so what about you guys over at robot head uh we added 60 points to come to 240 Ooh, so 240 that means today josh and matt of team robot head are the cream of the crop you know that i'm the cream of the crop oh, good yeah. game well done for sure uh, so Matt, Matt pulled a lot of them out too. The I, I think a lot of our, uh, yeah, we, we are very complimentary where the stuff where I had no idea you got right away and the stuff where you're like, I don't know. And I somehow had, <laughs> so that worked out. Yeah. Well, yeah, Josh, thank you very much for joining us today and, uh, for partnering with Matt. Um, it's always great to have you on the show and to, to give a shout out to Henry, but, um, thank you very much for your support on Patreon. Um, as our new universal champion, uh, you'll be getting your, uh, special triviality box in the mail very very soon uh, but any last words uh, for us today uh, no uh, just uh, maybe say hello to my uh, teammates uh, the hobo goat family well thank you for joining us Josh and for supporting the show and a very very big thank you uh, to Kylie Diggs for putting together this awesome game from brainwave trivia um, uh, anything you can tell us about where people can find you and brainwave trivia and also the name of your book where they can buy that to uh, bone up on their friends trivia yeah, absolutely. Um, I am. Uh, you can find me on brainwavetrivia.com. Uh, you can download a free quiz there if you want to test it out uh, with you know, your friends or in one of the venues where you play. Um, I've also got a trivia blog there, so fun, fun extra bonus content. Uh, you can find uh, my trivia books uh, on Amazon. Just search my name, Kylie Diggs. I've got a friend's book called could there be any more trivia? And I also have a Sex in the City book called Abso Quiz and Lutely. Um, and I'm going to have a 90s movie book up there very soon. I'm working on that right now. You can also follow me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I do daily questions and games. And all of those are at Brainwave Trivia. Mm. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we're excited to check out those books. And we're here uh, if you'd like any co-authors. Uh, wink, wink. Um, but, uh, thank you very much for joining us. The questions were, uh, all across the board. They were great. Uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, as you said, you like to put us all in knots. So we appreciate that. 
Um, and uh, yeah, Ken wasn't here. Hopefully the bean is polished, even though it's probably going to snow soon. It's not even going to matter anymore. What's it all for? Um, but uh, Matt, any last words from you from LA? No, everything's great. All right. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> Life is wonderful. Life is wonderful. Well, thank you very much uh, to Josh, to Kylie, uh, to Matt, Jeff, and Ken. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Yeah, so before I went to Iowa, actually, I went to uh, a school in Louisiana, and uh, I don't remember too much uh, about it other than I there was a class that we were in, and this one student was kind of... Uh, unruly and wasn't listening to the teacher and the teacher was talking about um some sort of like brain function like the medulla oblongata and that the student uh, tackled no, no, him no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i tried to keep it as straight as i could uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,